Hi, I'm Dubba, I'm the director of Music Tech Fest, and this is the MTF Podcast. Roxy Shah started out in the music business in London, moved to Barcelona, began working in retail curation, and finally in sync and licensing. She's a music supervisor. She finds and places music in advertising campaigns, films, television, working with clients like Google and Adidas. And not just with the big pop artists from the big global capitals of popular music, but from literally all over the world and with people at all stages of their career. If you're someone who makes music or someone who wants to work in that industry, Roxy has got some good practical advice for you and some stories of deals that have literally changed the lives of people making music in their bedrooms in some of the more unexpected places around the world. We discuss hip-hop in Azerbaijan, AI-produced music tracks, and also what she's doing at Expo North, the Creative Industries Festival in Inverness, where we spent some time recently and where this interview was recorded. Roxy works for an agency called Record Play, or Record Play. Uh, We're not 100% sure. Well, nobody really knows the answer, including our CEO. I would say it's verbs, Record Play. Right, okay. And we are a music agency. We have offices in Barcelona and London, Uh um, and primarily we do music supervision. So working with brands um, and providing music content for them. Okay, music supervision is one of those terms that everybody has heard it, nobody's quite sure what they (laughs) do. What what is the actual day-to-day? So we listen to a lot of music. We have um, our clients come to us with um, a campaign or a brief that they're working on. Maybe they have a reference track or something in mind. Mm-hmm. We will then provide searches based on the budget, the terms. So that includes the territories that the campaign will be shown in the length of time. And these things are really important because it can really affect um, the budget and therefore the type of artist we can use, whether we use a very small artist or a, or a bigger artist. Um, so we send searches of, of tracks over to the client. We may have to do three or four searches and then hopefully they come back with something they like and from there we start the licensing process so we contact the artist we contact their label and publisher make sure everything's approved within the budget and with the terms and then hopefully everything goes smoothly and the song gets picked for the campaign and and then it, you see it on your TV screens. So listening to lots of music and sending lots of email is... Yeah, <laughs> just as glamorous as it sounds. Fantastic. So where does this start for you? How did you get into doing this? Um, it was a bit of an accident, really. I do actually remember watching um, a lot of films when I was a teenager and all my favourite bands would be in on the soundtrack. And I used to think, whose job is that to pick to pick the songs? And then always knew I wanted to work in music, but ended up working interning firstly at Sony Music and then out of university I worked for EMI Publishing then I did booking then I did music PR then I took a break from music altogether and then um, I'm based in Barcelona and was looking to get back into music and um, a friend of mine was working at this music agency and went and met the team and they're all it's a tiny team but all real music heads and so so smart about um the industry and and how it works and so about three years ago I joined the team. Fantastic what did you study at university and how did that help? (laughs) I actually studied philosophy Uh so nothing to do with music. Um, I would argue that actually that has everything to do with music. Well it has something to do with everything I suppose but I I already knew I knew from when I was in my early teens that I wanted to work in music in the industry Um, and I was so 
I'm gung-ho about it that I thought I, I don't necessarily want to do a music management degree or anything like that because I know that I'll, I'll manage to work in music anyway. I'd done um, a couple of internships before going to university as a teenager, one for Sony Music um, and one for a, a small independent label in the States. Um, so and, and everyone kind of said, you know, do, do what you want to study. Um, and I would really advise that to anyone who thinks that they have to study something to do with music specifically specifically I mean it's not vocational it's not like doing medicine or law and actually like you say you can apply things from philosophy or 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 a range of subjects to any industry it's about the way that you think it's about the way that you make strategies and you process information so I do think that side of it I kind of can extract from my philosophy degree into music Right. Were you always making playlists as a teenager, or, or? yeah, mix mix CDs? Yeah. I think everybody's birthday they received a mix CD. I used to make the inlay cards and everything. I was obsessed with with those kind of things. Watching MTV, I was really into American music then. I think that was what we were more exposed to. But it was that era when they had a lot of behind behind the scenes TV shows, like Making the Band, and that's how I first kind of started seeing music management and record labels. Mm-hmm. Now I, I would say I'm much more focused on um, smaller regional music, well, also UK music as well, but yeah, it all kind of started from there. So what, what do you mean by smaller regional music? Well, um, at Record Play, we also have a, a company within that called Music Map where we um, focus on artists from territories that don't necessarily get much coverage or are associated with um, a music scene. I mean, out of, I think, I'm going to get this wrong. There's 190 something countries in the world, maybe. And we've written about 180 of them. I mean, we've got artists from places as small as like Cayman Islands and, and Vatican City and things like that. And it's just so interesting because you don't necessarily have to be from London or LA or New York or Paris to be making music. Creativity happens everywhere. Um, and it's so different. But there are also similar things too. the things that people make music about are their emotions about love and pain um and to me it's really interesting to hear i mean now with the internet it's amazing because things aren't so localized music is global now so you have people in japan making reggaeton music or you can have people in i don't know new zealand making grime you know it's great because it stops things being so um exclusive i think right right but do you look for the sound of the place when you're looking for the people from the place or are you just after some representation from that area? yeah after some representation because it's difficult to know with 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 um territories that don't necessarily have a sonic identity um as like you know rock and roll from america or grime from the uk for example and maybe countries don't even have that so just anybody that's creating from those places and, and then they might not necessarily be that a, a sound that is associated with it, but their stories and their narrative is based on that. It's based on growing up in in Beirut, in Lebanon. Like it might not sound like what you think of when you think of Med- Middle Eastern music, but they grew up there, and that's their experience, and that's what they are inspired by. Right. Right. So it, it sounds like a kind of an optimistic uh, message for people who are in smaller places or far-flung regions or whatever, mm-hmm. that there is potentially a, a platform for their music. Is that getting better, do you think? I think so. I think more and more people are interested in um, a story with their music, like I say, a narrative, because 
before I think you were just fed what you heard on the radio but now with the internet and you can read things it's so it's quite warming to read things uh, or listen to artists from places that you haven't heard before or they've struggled and they didn't even have a studio to record in and they've recorded it on their phone and someone's heard it and you know this people I think are more open and um, interested in a story with their music sometimes I guess one of the most valuable things in the music industry would be the attention of somebody like you. If you're a musician trying to get your music heard or played or synced or, or whatever, yeah. how does how does that happen? How does somebody get your attention in a way that, that sticks? We... Um we're so open to people just emailing us and and letting us know about what they're doing. And I think um, if you've done a bit of research into the company and who they work with, for example, we work with um, Adidas and Google. So the, the type of music that we tend to sync is, is you, you can imagine what it's like. It's urban, electronic, upbeat, uplifting. So if you're writing kind of thrash metal, of course I'll listen to it, but maybe you'll be suited at another agency. So I think it's really important to do your research and find out who um, you're writing to and what kind of clients or shows that they're working with. But we listen to everything that we get sent. Mm -hmm. um, and really? oh, Sorry, really? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that seems surprising. Yeah, we get lists. We get, I mean, it's not, I don't get an outrageous amount of emails, to be fair. If that was the case, then maybe it would be slightly I, difficult. I imagine a flood of these things. Is that not the case? Is we, it no, I mean, the, the mailing lists I get from, from publishers, I, I know who they are, so I know what I'm listening for. Mm -hmm. And then the composers or songwriters or artists that find me, there's not too many. There's definitely a few emails a day, but that is totally listenable. Um but you know what, it helps if they've written an email with a bit of information. If they say, I'm a songwriter who writes atmospheric heart music, I'll have a listen. But I'll say, unfortunately, this isn't what we really work with. I'm going to keep it on file because one day it might come up. Um, but then I don't have to listen to the 20 songs that they've sent. Right. So, I what mean, is, there what is, is a good package to send. I mean, is it three songs in a bio or is it... Uh yeah, and not even too much of a bio, like a little bit of background um, and maybe... Some, something about why you think it would go with the clients we we work with. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, working with Adidas, we often get emails of people saying, you know, my first pair of trainers or a pair of Adidas trainers or I'm a huge um, Majesty United fan, I just bought the new kit. And, you know, that helps as well because sure. Adidas like um, working with artists who are fans of the brand and could be an asset to the brand. Um, so that helps, yeah. And then maybe three songs that you think could work in a potential campaign mm -hmm. um maybe you might even reference a particular campaign oh i saw the latest pure boost running campaign it reminded me of this song that i'd written and something like that would be really helpful as for a supervisor right mm -hmm. right interesting I, i'm kind of curious what did your parents do and how did that affect where you've ended up is there any influence that's uh, run through there no do you know what growing up i only remember hearing prince and george michael in the house but my parents have nothing to do with music um, my dad works with um, children that have been through the foster care system and my mum is a teacher for um, children with um, special educational needs. And But I do always remember there was always music playing. But when I got a bit older um, and everybody was talking about, the, everyone was referencing their parents listening to the Beatles and the Rolling Stones, I remember being really annoyed that I didn't listen to them growing up. and be like, Dad, you only played Prince. But now, now I'm... I'm the biggest Prince fan ever and I get it and uh, 
but yeah, there was always music playing in the house. Um, and when I said I wanted to work in music, they were very supportive of it. I do think sometimes they think it's a hobby. Like, yeah, it's great that you do music, but when do you become a lawyer one day? <laughs> but uh, I think it's one of those industries that it does seem a bit of a dream to some people. They could, they can't quite imagine that my job is to listen to music, but we work hard. Well, there's more to it than that, I guess, it's because the lifestyle that goes along with the music industry, it's not just the sitting down listening to music and sending no. emails each day. There's parties, there's fabulous people to meet. Yeah. There's, you know, <laughs> there is a glamorous aspect to it. Is that, uh, is, A, is it real and B, is it part of the appeal? Uh, not part of the appeal. That's definitely not why I got into it. But, I mean, it can be fun to have a night out and go and see a band and, uh, you know, people buy you drinks. That's great. But, um, no, for me, I just love getting to listen to music. And I still can be sent something by a label or by somebody just randomly or a friend will send me something. And it, it doesn't even have to be emotional. It could be a piece of, like drum and bass or something but when something's really good it makes me want to tell everyone I want to text everyone oh my god I've just heard this song that's so good I want to tweet about it I want to write a blog about it like music really still gets me excited a good song or a good album or an interesting artist can make it's all I want to talk about so that's the draw for me the 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 rare glamorous outings are not the pull right okay. <laughs> so the um the fact that somebody's music gets used in a commercial or in a TV show or a film or, or whatever, it's not just uh, a check, it's also a spike in interest uh, that people suddenly find out about them or they hear the music for the first time. Yeah. So in, in a kind of a way, you're sort of almost a star maker in, in that sense. Does that feel like a responsibility? Or? It, it depends because we work with, um, there's a producer that we work with called Turek who is incredible and we whenever we are kind of stuck for something we'll reach out to him and he can create something perfect but he doesn't necessarily want the kind of doesn't want to be in the blogs or doesn't want to be written about he's just happy making music that's what makes him happy so it's there's no we don't need to push to kind of get a PR or press press release around him you know you do have other artists that have gone on to become successful but it's I mean it's not down to us. We're not the star makers. We've just happened to be sent the right track at the right time. And it's up to the artist to then kind of follow up on that and sign with the right publisher or, or label or PR or whoever it is. I mean, of course, there's responsibility of we we definitely make sure we work with artists that our ethos is aligned with, that we have the same principles and values as. And same with brands. We wouldn't work with brands that we don't um, agree with. But I don't feel the responsibility too much of, of making stars. We just want to use a good song in a cool commercial and have people say, that's oh, a cool song, or, or people notice it. What is that ethos? Our ethos is definitely to support emerging artists and emerging talent. That's something that uh, my first day at work that I was told, you know, we always try to do that. And we never want to um, kind of undercut them. We want... we we've got musicians as part of our team that are in bands so we know what um a paycheck from a sync um placement can mean to a small band so we want them to have that 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 money that can pay for their recording studio and things like that we also um our ethos is also to work with brands that you know we we have the same principles and morals with so we wouldn't necessarily work with a fast food chain, for example, right. um, if if our ideas didn't align necessarily. And that's something that 
that really drew me to the company because you know not a lot of companies have that ethos and and music can be quite ruthless and so you have to take deals that you wouldn't necessarily but I think having your principles is really important especially in music there's a lot of people who make music who think that their music could be great in a you know, soundtrack or mm-hmm. a sync or, or whatever, um, but no idea where to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, send it to people seems to be a smart thing to do, but things like pricing, I mean, how, how do you know what to ask for or is there, are there industry standards? How does that work? Uh, I mean, you could have a look at um, music libraries even and see what their price points are for for um, if you're unsigned, for example, it would probably be something around the same amount as a as a high end music library. Um, and so you can see, oh, they charge this amount of money for. Tell me ballpark. Where are we talking? Um, it, dep- it really depends. There's no specific. I mean, we can get something for. Uh, one minute f- well actually I can't give you a ballpark because it really differs it differs from brand to brand it differs from campaign to campaign with even within one brand mm-hmm. so I mean we work on everything from um, something that would be a budget of 500 euros or dollars or pounds up into things that are massive six figure seven figure campaigns so right. yeah, have you seen that make a real difference for people yes yeah we have I mean we've had and also once we've worked with someone um we we try to build a relationship with them so we've we've across our team we've all kind of discovered up-and-coming producers um one of whom was a guy in New Zealand who was just making beats in his bedroom he couldn't believe it I can't remember I think someone found him on SoundCloud and he couldn't believe it when we wrote and said oh Adidas are you interested in using a track I think he was like, no, that's, that's no way it's possible. Like, prove it. That like, sounds like a lottery one or, yeah, or a spam email from Nigeria. It's a scam, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 But, uh, I mean, again, it wasn't a huge paycheck. It was, well, I would be happy with it, but it wasn't massive. It would be something that a major label artist could potentially turn down, but this was huge, huge amount. It would change his life. So those kind of things are really important. Fantastic. And so what sort of uh, projects are you, you sort of excited about getting involved with? This? I mean, are they all the same to you as an ad, a film, a TV show, a game or whatever? Or you say, you know what, I really love to work in this kind of medium. I think it's all interesting. It's nice to kind of work on different things um, just to, to break it up a bit. I mean, predominantly we do advertising, but we also do video games as well. Um, and so it's nice to have a change, change it up and they're all different. I mean, music, sync for TV and sync for film and sync for advertising. It's a totally different kettle of fish. You know, in an advert, you need to grab someone very quickly. In a film, maybe you have a longer time to build and maybe the lyrics are more important, whereas an advert, it's more the beat. So it's nice to change it up and do different things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and are you just looking for things that sound like the stuff you already do? Or uh, uh, have you had the, the instance where something falls on your desk and go, well... I've, we've not heard like this before. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can see this working in, in these contexts, for instance. Definitely. And I think if something is original and different, then we definitely keep it on file if it doesn't necessarily fit a particular brief that we're working on. And we actually tried to kind of forecast the year to come, what will be happening in terms of musical trends so that we are ahead of the curve. 
And so it's super interesting. We get, especially with Music Map, we get sent things or we come across things that are so different to anything we've heard. I mean, there was something from, I think, like Azerbaijan the other day that was like uh, like the Azerbaijan, like Wu-Tang, basically. It was so different. And although it might not work for anything we're working on now, it's something that we'll kind of remember and it will stay with us. And if something comes up where we can use something different, it'll be on our radar. Right. A 15-year-old you Mm -hmm. listening to this now, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give to say, to, to be where you are now? Um, I mean, I think I've, I've always had quite a good work ethic. Um, like I said, I started interning when I was a teenager before university. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, I think having your principles is really important for any job. I always decided I couldn't work somewhere where I had to wear like a suit um, and that I would never kind of compromise on the, the things that I value. Um, and I've managed to always work with companies that allow me to kind of retain those principles and I think it's really important because I wake up every day excited to go to work and I think not a lot of people can say that um does, so. that, does that make the journey hard though I mean putting that much emphasis on um th- these are my priorities and principles and and uh, ethics and I'm not going to budge for anybody it, does it does it sort of I mean I, I can absolutely sort of uh, endorse that but but surely that makes the road hard probably I mean I'm just stubborn by nature so I um would be happy to turn something down that didn't um, align with my point of view um, just because I'm stubborn. But of course it will make things more difficult. And if you need to work, you need to work. And that's that's something different. But I've always worked hard and music is all about networking and, and who you know. And I've always made an effort to be kind to people and um, help people when they need help in case one day I need help. And so I've always had the, it is a privilege and luxury of um being able to choose the the kind of um, companies that I want to work with. But, of course, that isn't the case for everyone. Tell me how innovation fits into all of this. Like, there must be new platforms coming out, new opportunities for, for Music Sync that didn't exist before. What's, what's going on that's interesting? I mean, in terms of kind of um, innovation in tech, AI is the biggest thing that's happening at the moment. In terms of music libraries, it can essentially eradicate them by, um, you know, you can choose a piece of music that you want something to sound like, put it into a machine and AI will create something based on the melody or based on the tempo. And so that's really interesting for us seeing where and how AI can affect um, music, music sync, because then, you know, it does it for a fraction of the cost. You don't have to pay an artist, but then it takes away the narrative and the story and the emotive reasons behind picking a song. So it's interesting to see if, if people will pick up on it. It can work for things like um, retail and in-store and kind of hotel chains I can imagine it working quite well AI creating like a playlist Are we already there? Is, is this uh, technology that you're seeing out there and people are sort of it, essentially it, replacing musicians? It exists, yeah it exists but I, I'm not working with any any companies or brands that do that because as I mentioned they like the the story behind the artist but 100% it exists and it's still kind of in the beta first mode but it I, I definitely foresee that being huge, not necessarily in sync that we work in, so for TV, film and, and advertising, definitely, like I said, for for shops that have to, you know, shops have to play, uh, pay a license for the music that they're, that they're playing. So if you hear, I don't know, a Casey Perry song in a shop, that the shop should be paying for that. But if they can get something that sounds, it's just a pop melody in the background while you're doing your shopping, you're not really paying attention to it. Yeah, why not? 
pay a fraction of the cost and get AI to write you a song. Interesting. I'm sure that would be controversial for a lot of people listening, but uh, <laughs> but it's, it's it's a really interesting idea. But I'm, I'm also curious at how something like AI is affecting uh, your ability to do your job. For instance, locating music, finding things that, that sound in a particular way, uh, just in terms of search. Is that... Uh, it's not something that, that I or my team use at all in that way, not as a search function, because... We, like I said, we want to know the story. We come across them in through friends of friends or through meeting people. So for us, it, it doesn't seem like a very... Uh, the way that we discover artists and, and, and feature artists on Music Map is very organic. And I think that obviously using AI as like a search function takes away from that. So, I mean, we we travel somewhere and someone meets someone at a party that is a producer from, I don't know, Haifa in Israel and then... We swap details and then we write about it on the platform. So there is a very organic nature to, to Music Map. And I think, it, it, I mean, AI can help in so many ways, but it can take away from that authentic um, nature, I think, of, of music. But let's see. I mean, I'm so interested in it, but I'm also curious to see which ways it will help, which ways it, it, it won't work. And, and it's interesting. And is that what you're doing here in the north of Scotland? What looking out for see to see about AI? No, no, to, to find <laughs> artists organically and to connect with people. Definitely, we'll yeah. be going to see some artists today. I've got a few circled on my list, and uh, yeah, just meeting people. Um, it's great to always always meet other supervisors as well and um, other people working in music. So up here for that. Fantastic, Roxy. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Okay. That's Roxy Shah of Record Play, and that's the MTF podcast. If there was anything in there that you think might be helpful to someone you know, someone particularly who makes music, please do pass it on. And of course, like, rate, review, share. We actually had a fantastic review for the podcast coming this week. So if that was you, thank you so much. It was really appreciated, and it helps a whole lot. In the meantime, have a great week, and we will talk soon. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>